Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Do you know what's really cool? If you subscribe to the Big Go Boat Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, whenever we go live, you get the automatic updates on when we are starting. So if you see that right there, Aha. So, anywho, uh, it's two chains here. Um, get ready to get the show started. My fellow compadre, Jamal the Giant Crab, once again. Hello. Uh, you know, when we get together, it's always going to be some foolishness to a legitimate standpoint, nonetheless, right? Legitimate foolishness. That's what we, that's what we try to achieve here. <laughs> um, before we get started about some wrestling stuff, it's been a while since we caught up on you on some movies, and there's been a lot of um intriguing articles i've been reading about about um maybe i'll say some end of the year late movies that's coming out ready to claim some awards in january so be interesting to hear what you have to say on that note as it always happens um hollywood steamrolls a bunch of movies out for the end of the year so that they can be considered for award season which starts in january movies have to come out in, in either new york or los angeles to be considered in theaters there before J- December 31st. So this is Oscar time, basically. Long and short of it is, uh, I'll give you five movies that you may not have heard of that you need to see. Some of these things haven't come out yet. Uh, some of them obviously have. Um, and these are all movies that have been released in the US. Personally, I'm a fan of foreign films, anything with a good story, but these shouldn't be too hard to find either on home video, in your theater, or they will come out soon. Uh, the, uh, in no particular order, number five is Passengers. Uh, that comes out, I want to say Christmas Day, with um, Jennifer Lawrence and Christ, what's the guy? What's the guy's name from Jurassic World? Chris uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. 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 Uh, they uh, are Chris hold on, Pratt. Hold on, hold on. Is, you're just gonna you're just gonna uh, miss Homegirl from um, uh, Mystique um, and I see Jennifer Lawrence. You did say Jennifer Lawrence? I said Jennifer Lawrence and Jurassic World, uh, whatever his face is. I, I swear I didn't hear you say her name. And I'm oh, listening. Yeah, <laughs> okay, go ahead, proceed, proceed. Well, I mean, you know, it happens. Um, so they're stuck in a, it was a, a 2011 blacklist uh, uh, script. The blacklist are, is a, a list of scripts that come out every year that hopefully they get bought and picked up by studios to be produced into movies. So this was on this script was on that list, and it seems very interesting. Uh, Chris La- Chris Pratt, not Chris Lawrence. Chris Pratt is uh, stuck in a spaceship, um, which will reach its destination in 95 years. So, uh oh, uh, how did what happened? How did he get that way? Uh, he's traveling through hyperspace, and he woke up 90 years too early. What do you do? Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, number four would be Moonlight. Um, the life of time was this, of this guy named uh, Chiron in Miami. A very, very raw movie, not for kids at all. Uh, something that is for kids is Kubo and the Two Strings. 
Um, stop motion animation, kind of like the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas or uh, Frank and Weenie. Uh, the guys from Leica did it. Very, very, very good movie. Colorful, beautiful kids movie with a hell of a story about this um, kid and his um, murderous family in like middle ages of Japan. Um, number two, eh, Star Wars would never be on this list. So if you're looking for that, you know you can look somewhere else. Uh, but that does come <laughs> out next week. Uh, but number two, I would have to say uh, in America, that's going to be tough. Um, what's the um, thing? I know that I'm super like, unprepared right now, and I thought of this, and I shouldn't have. Uh, Fences with Denzel Washington that comes that's, out. That's what I want. Christmas that, Day. Can't think of the name of it, but uh, um, uh, oh man, I'm drawing blanks in names. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Amanda. Uh, Viola Davis and Denzel Viola Washington Davis. are in it. Um, a very very good movie. Um, about. You know, raising um, a kid in the uh, '60s, and um, you know, just teaching them discipline and, and you know what it means to be a, a man in, in America. And the number one movie this year—it's not my favorite movie of the year because my favorite movie of the year is a zombie movie from South Korea. But um, probably the best movie in America this year is Moana. Um, it's just a great story. It's the fun. It's The Rock. Um, Beautifully shot movie, really colorful, uh, great story, and uh, it's always good to see a Disney princess that doesn't need a man, or a Disney princess that is a person of color, a Disney princess that's um, not necessarily, she's her own woman, and that's very rare to see Disney do something like that, so uh, if you, that's in theaters now, so if you haven't seen that, uh, do see it, and um and see it in 4D because the smell of water throughout the theater is kind of crazy. <laughs> Are you serious? You yeah, the, did, serious. You saw it in New York. Uh, I saw it in Toronto. Okay, okay. Um, you say it was your yeah. favorite movie of the year, so I'm I'm going to. It's my favorite American movie of the year. My favorite movie of the year from around the world is Train to Busan, a South Korean movie that came out earlier this year. Uh, basically, uh, passengers on this Amtrak-like train it's in, in leaving from Seoul to the beachside town of Busan is overrun by zombies. Uh-oh. So, so hold on. But wait, wait. So Q Kubo, which was your favorite movie of the year earlier this yes. year, I recall. Yes. Yeah, Kubo was amazing. Uh, definitely, okay. definitely see it if you have it. Okay. Um, I will say this last... Uh, past week, and we had two um, pay-per-views, one from the ROH Final Battle 2016, and we had the WWE TLC pay-per-view, the SmackDown exclusive um, on Sunday. Um, I went over the ROH show on our last show. I didn't get a chance to recap with you at all about it. So first, um, did you see it? I did see it, yes. Um, with the WWE Network being 10 bucks. It's kind of hard to justify $35 for a one-time shot on the PlayStation Store. You know, there's no DVR, there's no rewind or anything like that. But it was worth it. You said how much was it in the PlayStation Store? $35. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, I didn't, I, you know, I always forget that you can stream it off the PlayStation, but I watched it on the computer, so. Um, right. Or on Facebook? Nah, not Facebook this time. <laughs> Hey, trust me, I, I, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it, but I was like, okay, okay, they, they got me now. 
Um, absolutely a good show. Um, a great, uh, fantastic show. Absolutely. A great um, exclamation point for the end of the year for ROH. Um, I get a little bit frustrated every time um, good shows happen in New York and I don't go, considering it's only four hours from us. And um, like I like I chatted with you before, I swear that I thought that it was going to be at the end of the year, not so or less the beginning in December. And I look back at some old graphics and old tweets that I posted, so I was just I don't know where I was at, but I, I, that was absolutely an opportunity to miss right there. So, yeah. um, great show. Um, highlights of it, obviously, was um, the super kick extravaganza that took place on the Briscoe's chin. Yep. Uh, broken Mac Hardy making more fantasy matches come true. Also making cryptographic tweets become a reality now. Um, Cody Rose doing the same thing. He he started it in I think it was July. So just to see that come full circle now, as he still makes his grand tour on the indie circuit this year, um, that was very surreal. Um, what else? Um, Will Ospreay oh, yeah. and Marty Scrawl is don't you're um, not allowed to, you're not allowed to say Will Ospreay on, on this show because it's go, it goes it goes synonymous with. Amazing, oh my god, and WTF. And those are the nicest words that I can use at this point. But nonetheless, I believe when I watched it, I might have said bananas at least as many times as there were super kicks on that show. Because he is, he's absolutely bananas. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. And of course, my, my favorite, Dalton Castle. Versus Cole Cabana is a um, is certainly something that um, a match that I never thought that I would I would see so soon. But just the whole show was great, top to bottom. It was, it was. Um, you can, can you hear me okay? Uh, it's kind of messy on my end, but you know, hmm. it sounds like maybe a plug or something got uh, knocked out. Let's try. Let's let's try something. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but it sounds like really distorted and kind of like a robot. Okay. I'm hearing myself pretty clear through through the um through the headphones. Okay. Well, let's try. Let's keep, try something. Keep, keep, Give us a second, y'all. Give us one second. But I I would say that um uh, even still the the main event Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole Bebe is a <laughs> um you have to say the Bebe. It's a uh, that was a it's a great match itself. Um, you know, that was nuts. Um, just a great, like, Ring of Honor had a five-star pay-per-view, but nobody's going to argue that it, that it didn't. Yeah. But people are traveling from around the world to see, um, TLC. Yeah. People are traveling from around the world to see, um, Survivor Series. Hell, I went to Survivor Series in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's frustrating. Because you know the Ring of Honor has the talent. You know that they have the ability to put on good work. And you guys uh, always talk about uh, the storylines and, you know, what's going to happen next and stuff like that. Personally, I think the story the stories are best told in the ring. That's mm-hmm. why we're watching. Um, I don't watch ESPN to watch SportsCenter. I watch to watch live sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, SportsCenter is not live sports. It's just two guys yapping about it. So 
personally, that's that's why why I'm here, you know. But it's and they're owned by a television uh, station, a television company, Sinclair Broadcasting, and they just as good as they can be. They continuously shoot themselves in the foot with their television deal, with their touring, you know, with their, um, uh, you know, with it, their show structure. It's really hard to follow Ring of Honor on television uh, because of how often they tape. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's kind of rough that way, but the pay-per-views are fantastic. You know, I think to the point now, I realize that ROH, you don't want to, you don't need to have to watch it every week, every week at a scheduled programming time. Um, yeah. That's just the ill you have to take. And it's the reality, it's, it, especially in regard to us. I'm not sure what happens in other time zones, but 12 o'clock on a Friday night, there's a good chance I'm never going to catch it live. So you need to make your own schedule for that. Um, but I really can't speak for the WWE uh, marks who just, no matter what, they're a fan and don't give a chance to other products. I don't know what it is because um, there's a lot of screwed up issues internally with WWE that should almost turn you away from the company in in whole. But at the end of the day, people are still going to watch WWE. People are still going to be NFL fans, and that's just going to be it. No matter what, what happens on the on an executive level. But um, right. you know, I'm a fan of it all. And when I say all, because I'm giving everything a chance. Um, and well, let me, let me, uh, Final Battle was the same weekend as TLC. And the two, uh, you can't compare the two. And I'm not going to. No. Uh, but, I, I'll say that. I know you guys are having your end of the year show. What was your favorite wrestling, televised wrestling event? Not yet. You don't get that answer yet. You'll get it. You'll, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk in a little bit. Let's just, let's just go down okay. the TLC card really quick, really quick. Um, okay. I, I'm going to be completely oblivious to this, but there was a six-man tag, and it starred this one black guy. He's bald-headed. He has muscles. Um, they say at TLC? It, at, at TLC, yeah. Um, this guy, he was really somebody in NXT for a minute. Um, and every time he comes out, whenever he comes out, when he rarely comes out, you almost could consider him like, Let's say like a rare Pokemon, you may see them right. maybe like, I don't know, you may heard of them, but you may only seen them like, I don't know, maybe once or twice. Um, and they always talk about he has his God-given ability and he could jump and do all this other stuff. Um, he was also once mistaken for this boxer that died in Rocky. Um, who am I? Uh, considering that you're one of two black people in the match. <laughs> um, <laughs> There is that, and the uh, the verdict is still out on Jason Jordan. Uh, I'm going to go with the pride of Stone Mountain, Georgia, Apollo Crews. <laughs> yeah. So he made an appearance. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing about this 10-man tag is, like, you have all of these great tag teams um, and the hype bros, and you have so much, like, potential talent, and you just throw them in a, a 5-1-5 tag match. Like, they don't have anything to do. Were they just there for their one match and they were going to go get a cup of coffee? I mean, I know that a Cruz isn't in a stable or anything, uh, and neither is Kurt Hawkins, but you tell me that, you know, we couldn't have done anything else. We had American Alpha. We had Devon Villains. We had, I mean, we know what they did in NXT. Uh, well, we have Zack Ryder and Mojo. And, and then, you know, 
we got Apollo Cruz who's very happy to be there by then. <laughs> that's that's what they do. That's just a way to shoehorn them in so they can get their paycheck. It doesn't make sense. Um, considering that the pay per view ended with about twenty five minutes left to the hour of eleven o'clock. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why the, there's more that could have been done there. Um, Apollo Crews, although you may not see him a lot on TV, you will hear his name a lot at our end of the year awards because no matter what which, award could you possibly give Apollo Crews? Like a participation oh. award? Like best attendance? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he makes his appearance okay. You you know, all awards ain't good awards. <laughs> like like most likely to be mistaken for a pile of trash? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, uh, Apollo Crews has done nothing but stolen paychecks since he got up to the main roster. I don't know. I might have been quite, quite frank talking about uh, an identity crisis. Um, I, bl- I feel like I may have seen him more than I've, I, excuse me, I may have seen ACH more than I've seen Apollo Crews this year. I definitely seen, oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely seen Cedric Alexander more than I've seen <laughs> Apollo Crews. The fact- that they all look alike. Shout out to the person that tweeted that a long time ago. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, the fact that uh, Mojo Rowley has a relevant, uh, you know, position in, in the tag team division. And and, and Mojo, you know, the, the, the dude that gets into a three-point stance and rolls, gator rolls around the ring. The, the Mojo, whose signature move is a chop lock, which is actually illegal in the NFL. The same Mojo Riley that should be selling carpets in Fairfax, Virginia, is has a better standing, at least on television, than Apollo Crews does. And if you've seen Dragon Gate, if you've seen him in NXT, Apollo Crews should be more. But shoulda, coulda, woulda doesn't pay the bills. You got to go out there and do it. And that's the problem with a lot of guys that are uh, having a harder than most time finding their way. Tyler Breeze, for example. Very hard time finding his way, but he but he's making it work now, a year later. Um, Sasha Banks had a some identity crisis issues when she very first got there. Had a hard time, but it's finally a year later making it work. It wasn't at WrestleMania, it, you know, that she got her come up and it wasn't at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. You know, it was arguably a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever it was. So, you know, that's it, it's good to see them make it to see them make it work. But with Apollo Cruz, it's like I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know what you do because he's just, he's the same guy that you did in XT. It's not like you don't know what you're getting. You got a potato. And I just like, I just hate the, the commentary booking with him because it's always so foreshadowed about how good he is and how good all the talent he has. And at this rate, they're booking cruiseways better than him. And that's not saying a lot at all. Well, <laughs> but that's the one thing that fans don't know is that who's, whose fault is that? That's, this Is it a, a incumbent on Apollo Cruz to go to creative and say, listen, this is the position I'm going to take, and this is what it's going to be. Well, no, he's out the door. Or does he just go, well, yeah, I am still getting paid, so whatevs, you know, that's what you do. But, you know, what new T-shirt does Apollo Crews have? You know, what new action figure does Apollo Crews have? I don't know, but... Oh, oh he's on the game as okay, a good. DLC. 
Oh my God. <laughs> oh, believe that. You have to pay for Cynthia Nakamura, which is where, you know. Sure. Uh, Apollo Crews, which should sure. be a, a gimme. And Nia Jax, which, which questionably mm. probably shouldn't be around the. Nah, I guess they're on the bottom end of a, of a DLC package, but Apollo Crews should definitely be like a conversary, like, hey, we. We messed up with this glitch in the beginning of the game. Here's Apollo Crews for you, because right, we know we know you won't go and create them, so we'll just give it to you for free. Right. No, I agree. And when they create it, they just set it at default and change the name to Apollo Crews, and then <laughs> press OK. Yeah, uh, Apollo Crews is more like uh, that Michael Jordan from NBA Live, like '96, uh, running around as player, player. In Jersey, right. oh, yeah, he's like you know Barry Bonds in every game and every baseball game, yep. where it's just like <laughs> left fielder yeah. number twenty-five, dumb yeah. guy. Yeah, that's exactly. But we know that he's good, but he's not the guy that we need him to be. Exactly. Um, so the ten-man tag, according to Wikipedia, was twelve minutes and four seconds. The Wyatt family beating uh, Slater and Rhino was just under six minutes. Okay, let's talk about that now. Um, first of all. Bray Wyatt has WWE Championship gold. Oh, well, so do we care? Things. We do. We do. do care. We care because he deserved it. He has. Um, he's been working great um, under his gimmick since being on the roster. He has put in endless people over on pay per views. He has worked. He's he's worked feuds by himself, aka the Undertaker. Um, yeah. And he's pretty much has never won a pay-per-view a match besides WrestleMania this year with the Wyatts versus the New Day, I think it was, right? I think so. Now, so, now, to be fair, what we don't know is why that is. Is it because Bray Wyatt isn't worthy of these accomplishments of getting that push in a pay-per-view or getting that push in a, in a championship? Nobody we we don't know why it's taking so long to win. Nobody would agree with that. I, I feel like he has the recipe to be a champion. He definitely has, he definitely has um, the recipe to be a world champion. And there's the intrigue there. Um, it, this is well deserved for him. Um, the, the tag titles, I feel like, um, it's, you know, it's crazy to think that he has never had a championship yet. Luke Harper has. Uh, I'm not taking anything from Luke Harper because he's very, very underrated. Right. But Considering that Bray Wyatt was the leader of the Wyatt family, he should have had a chance. Whereas, you know, with the Shield, um, everybody had, you know, um, at the time, Dean Ambrose had the U.S. Championship and um, Seth and um, Roman had the tag titles. I feel like they should have had that same recipe to an extent. But nonetheless, doesn't matter. He has the, cha- the tag championships now, and it's a good look for him. Um, the Free Birds rule should definitely be applied here. That that gives um, Luke Harper. I don't see why I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, gives some relevance, and I and I think they need to utilize it that way. Um, I I thought that's probably what happened on SmackDown, but it didn't. Um, so in this match, which was the six minutes match, as you said, because I was definitely questioning about how long it was. Um, the Wyatt families are definitely the winners here, um, literally and figuratively, um, because it's well deserved. Um, you. Um, legitimized to stable and Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt have sort of say good chemistry as a tag team, which is something people don't think about much. Um, it has a lot of room to elevate, but as of right now, it looks fundamentally good. Unlike Rhino and Heath Slater, 
who just was just so over that you really did not zero in if they worked together good. So, so, then, so let me ask you this then. If Rhino and Slater was something that was improbable and worked for whatever reason, and they rode that wave uh, until it's you know, crescendo with them losing the belts, why is it that the white great wife specifically deserves anything? Because he certainly had chances over the last year, two, three, four years. Uh, the Wyatt family, even that you know foolishness with Daniel Bryan and his stupid overalls. Uh, the Wyatt family, arguably, still is a thing. I don't know why Braun Strowman isn't a, isn't a part of the Wyatt family because one would say that AJ Styles and the um, Gallows and Anderson are a part of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Yeah, but why does why does Bray Wyatt deserve it? Considering that they've dismantled the Wyatt family several times over, they've tooled around with Bray Wyatt several times over, and now all of a sudden he deserves a one half of one championship. Um, I, you know, to go back to the draft for a second, I'm still kind of mad that um, the Wyatt family was not considered a stable, so to say, man. Um, yeah, they should have been drafted. Somebody in corporate disrespects the Wyatt family. That's my point. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're thinking a little bit deeper than I am, and maybe so because I still have my, like I said, I still have problems with the draft, um, so to say, and um, the fallout of the draft and how you know they wanted to consider it to be like a legitimate sports draft, yet nothing was really handled legitimate. Um, and who wouldn't want to draft the Wyatt family in whole, considering the four um, hands of that of that horse you would have gotten considering Braun Strowman as well too. But okay, so nonetheless, just to get back to your question, um, to say that he deserved totally comes from a fan point of view, but from a work ethnic point of view. Um, hey, work ethnic. Yes, yes. Um, okay. A couple of reasons. Let's not forget Bray Wyatt took an injury. He came right back just as good. He, he re, he re and stated himself as relevant. So does um, Seth Rollins. Does he deserve a championship too? Well, Seth Rollins is also on the main stage. So if you're not in, if you're not, if you're not with a championship, to be in championship talk is still just as good to me. I don't think that, I don't think just because of who you are, you deserve to win all the time. But as long as you're in the talks, then that's good enough. Roman Reigns right now does not deserve to be in it. That's just, I mean, maybe there's some bias there, but he's always in top championship talk. So okay, well, I think Roman Reigns is a different. That's a different problem in that we would say that he's undeserving of main eventing the next pay per view, which he yeah. will in two weeks. Uh, yeah. Um, because of the fact that he's always there and he hasn't really have the legacy behind him, uh, for himself. Um, and you can argue that Seth does. You can argue that Wyatt does, and he's I wouldn't say deserves in in, in his championship reign, but it's certainly long overdue. Congratulations to him. Uh, but Randy Orton, Cena, you know the big guys certainly have um, that that legacy behind them, where we've seen that character progress into a championship type of caliber. Of uh, the New Day, perfect example. We've seen their characters progress, so absolutely give it to them. But just to say that, um, you know, when you look at the long uh, range view of it, and you see what it was, does Bray Wyatt? Could Bray Wyatt be champion? Is he championship Mysterio? Sure. But so is Alexander Rusev. I know they're on different shows, but Rusev is certainly uh, World Heavyweight Championship material. Uh, but one would say that so is Ziggler, so is The Miz, so is uh, so are a bunch, so is Braun Strowman, as far as I'm concerned. 
as far as top guys making an impact, inserting themselves in the top guy scenario, Braun Strowman should be in that conversation, and he's not. In, in due time for Braun, I'm, I am sure. all the way at Team Braun Strowman, so um, in due time for him. And I think his development since the um, draft has been nothing but stellar. And I think he definitely yeah, has a absolutely. High, a high ceiling over him. I, I would think. argue that Strowman is the most improved uh, wrestler in WWE. I would say he's the most improved since the draft. Not this year, but most improved definitely since the draft. Um, okay. On Raw. On Raw. Okay. And that, and that definitely comes from a rock bottom, one of the boys, to an absolutely top-tier solo um, 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 yeah. over, you know. And the gimmick is working, the, the repackaging, the... The um, yeah. enhancement matches gimmick, all that was was great. Actually, at the time, was some of the best stuff on Raw. But then they took that away, and now Raw is still kind but of. But that's a back. far cry from uh, him uh, rolling around in the deep with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, in the match that never really was. Yeah, um, yeah, because that was supposed to happen. <laughs> right, you're right. Um, Oh, something else just came up that I'm going to talk about in a second. But, yeah, nonetheless, um, the losers of this is definitely Rhino and Heath Slater. Uh, because, one, I don't think you can really consider them a solidified tag team, considering that they did not have um, – they didn't have a name. They didn't have a theme. Um, they didn't even have joint attire or anything. They were just two guys put together, you know, sort of say – like the Dusty Rose classic recipe. Hmm, this guy. Or, all right, roll the dice. Okay, this guy. Dusty Rose classic. Good luck. Sort of say. Right. Um, Heath Slater um, arguably could be considered another person that could be considered uh, most approved post um, the WWE draft. Yeah. One, because sure, sure. Um, he was one of the most relevant talks during the draft. Um, he got a t-shirt out of it, which was hot. Um, I got kids, um, and he got the first SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, Rhino also um, probably uh, shot himself in the foot by becoming relevant on SmackDown, ended up losing his, uh, his uh, um, what did he run for? He ran for, like, um, congressional seat in Michigan, but yeah. um, in, the, in the spot where he ran, he was um, – it's heavily democratic. He's he ran in like Dearborn, Michigan, which is like largely democratic. Yeah, and he ran as a Republican, so not a chance. So in other words, he might he he was better off to stand on WWE and his legitimate run. But then, nonetheless, yeah. the, Rhino was also forty-one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So was and remember, if this thing started in NXT and then all of a sudden here he is, and now he's doing the same thing with SmackDown, bringing up enhancing uh, talent. As well as elevated talent next to him, I mean, he's forty-one. You know, he doesn't yeah. have to do this anymore, especially if he has aspirations in the uh, political theater. Yeah. Um. And, and like I said, like they're the losers because what now for them? Um. Do you put them back in the ten-man tag team party? Um, oh God. Um. Heath Slater has had a lot of momentum. Does it stop here? Uh, will they be able to recapture the magic that they that they built? You know, that's why they're the losers because there's a lot of uncertainty now. There's not even intrigue in them um, against the wise. The, the way they lost both times are sort of say squash matches if you if you think about it. I mean, Randy gingerly 
pin Heath Slater as if he didn't want to. So, in other words, they were sort of say an extended squash match. So, to think they're going to actually beat him again? No, based on booking. So, sort of say not a great, not a good match. Um, good for the Wyatts, bad for Heath Slater and Rhino, and good luck in their future endeavors because who knows uh, what's next for them. And I don't think it's necessarily a loss for Slater and Rhino. This was a good place to end whatever they were. Um, again, Rhino is 41. He has uh, other business outside of wrestling. He can certainly make his way and do that. And his job is done when you think about it. Slater's relevant. Uh, the Wyatt, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family are relevant. Um, they're the champions. Slater is, you know, has a T-shirt and, and all the good things that came about that. There's nothing more for Rhino to do when he was clearly there to elevate. Well, Slater's been elevated. He can go. So, and I think that, that then just plain losing doesn't necessarily that we need like another six month long feud with Slater and um, and Rhino over losing the titles. That's fine. He can go. Maybe show up with the Royal Rumble. Maybe show up at Survivor Series next year. But he doesn't need to be there since his job is done. He's a one man band in a tag team. That, that that's. I, that. I don't know if he could be a one man band if he has kids. Like, I mean, <laughs> if he needs this job, I don't know how well it's going to play out. So okay, so let's talk Nikki Bella and Carmella now. Now Nikki do we have Bella, to. We have to. We really do have oh, to. Dear God. Um, Nikki Bella is always going to be fine, um, no matter what. She not, no match, win loss, um, no feud can absolutely hurt her at all because uh, she's John Cena's wife, as they always allude to in that feud. So the, the the person of interest here is Carmella. What do you take from her out of this feud? Um, that's that's part of the problem. No one cares. Um, you know, whether it, it's, you know, Nikki uh, Cena or Nikki Laurinaitis Jr., uh, no one cares. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> that's, that's right. Jr., too. That's, that's, um, that's pretty dope. If it's going to be Carmella uh, doing her thing, being basically the OG Liv Morgan, it, it, so what? Liv Who, absolutely. Liv Morgan what? has a problem whenever her time comes. She has a problem. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a bridge that she wanted to cross, but you know. But you, but at the same time, though, man, I'd be a problem because considering that most people game is the NXT does not work on the main roster. Um, giving her something new and fresh on the main roster may be what she needs to actually succeed. But possibly, I, I talk for another day. But uh, but, but, but about Carmella and, and Nikki Bella, they she won the match with what a fire extinguisher. That that was her big thing. It was a no DQ match. Anything yeah. goes. And you basically just use the fire extinguisher like Smokey the Bear. No, the match was not good, okay? The match was not good. No, the match wasn't good at all. Um, But it's all about Carmella here because um, as her first, or I'll say her debuting feud on the main roster, um, not sure. Maybe it is done. Maybe she's moving towards uh, Natalia now. Let's just just take an overall view of it. Do you think she handled it well? so um, then you have the anticlimactic finish of the match, and then you have the 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 postscript, the, the BS after that that says, "Oh yeah, I didn't attack you backstage, it was Natalia." There was no right. point. Of, there was no point of that. There Why no have the match that. then? No point of that. No, I, I, it's just it's a sandwich I mean, of stupid. That's what it is. Again, the feud wasn't 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you for you to reserve. But I just wanted to know how you feel about Carmella as far as her debut and feud on the roster. Um, uh, God I help her. That, um, yeah, I, I don't think know. She's, I think she's going to be fine for one reason. Um, fans like her. Fans quickly dislike her when she decides that she has to let them know that she is uh, a heel. Um, the, the crazy thing, and I don't even have much fact behind this, but the crazy thing about it is, did Enzo and Cass really help her get views on NXT? Consider, and what I'm saying is, did people really watch Enzo and Cass on NXT like that? Yes. To the point that people yeah. come out. Okay, but the thing about what I'm saying is, people don't watch the network, but people did watch Enzo and Cass. And it seems that. I remember. You got to remember when, when Carmella first debuted with Enzo and Cass, they booed her. That's true. I mean, it wasn't even Marie bad, yeah. but she was not well received, and it took some warming up to her down That's there true. in NXT. That's true. So it, it just seems uh, like there's, know, a, there's a misconception when she comes out as um, people like her originally, she, and then she she does some, some hellish um, antics. And she's quickly booed. Well, I think I think that's great for her, and I think she's really well spoken on Mike as well. I think that as far as the fundamentals of, of being there, resonating with the audience, and, and I mean specifically from a um, an, an engaging standpoint of captivating the audience, getting her behind her. Uh, if she if her intent is to be the bad guy, then they need to boo. If her intent is to be the good guy, then they need to cheer. Overall, personally, I have no reaction to Nikki Bella versus Carmella because there's nothing for me to care about. Because the, the best thing that they did in the match to forward the feud or to take it to the next step happened after the match in, in this one-off statement, oh, yeah, it was, it was her. She did it. Don't you think you could have dropped that hint just a little bit earlier instead of just, okay. So, that please, was not, Jesus. That was- that was not a good transaction transition in the feud. By far, maybe one of the worst. It, you know, yeah. it was very first forty-eight-ish. You know, you can't just go, "Oh yeah, BT Dubs." You know, the person that attacked you was not me. Uh, it was her. <laughs> they brought. I, I gotta go, y'all. They brought the cigarettes in the ring, and then she decided to crack. That's what happened. Right. But that fire extinguisher was symbolic for the cigarette, and she cracked, and she had to let her know who really. She was she she had to show her true colors to snitch on who Boo Boo was in South Memphis that really I think <laughs> did that drop too much first forty eight. <laughs> you, you watched way too much first forty eight. The fact that you actually crafted your own little playlet in your head, yeah, you, you may watch a little bit too much. Nonetheless, please, though, Jesus, can we move on to to the Miz and uh, Dolph Ziggler? I just gotta say, Natalia has has no intrigue for me. I I, I don't know what to say. Was next for her? Not much. Intrigue. Which is unfortunate because she's good. Like, she's very good. Um, but I think for whatever the reason, she has, like, the appeal of cardboard. You know, yeah. I mean, I've seen uh, Christmas packages with more pizzazz than, than Natalia, and we all know that she can wrestle. Absolutely. But I've seen more entertainment from, like, squirrels playing in the street than I have from her. And it's it's a, it's a shame. That, not that, like, how far she's fallen. But it just doesn't. She doesn't really seem to mesh with these younger girls. Yeah. She looks like the old person Sal. at the bar. Uh, I was gonna say she looks like that old era of um, the women's division. 
So well, right, and but one could argue that Nikki Bella is the face of that old era of the women's division. But part of the problem is I don't really care because none of them want to be the champion. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why why would Natalia attack Nikki Bella? For, let's just say that she did. Who cares? None of them are the champion. So what? Yeah. yeah. And if you're telling me that oh. it's because she like babysit her cat wrong on Total Divas. Oh, right. That cat plug is a little. Just not. I'm just not very fond. Of yeah, it. they had a WrestleMania match based on this woman's cat. My God. Next, next, next match. Uh, the Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Um, and let me just remind you, we haven't gotten to Baron Corbin versus Kaliso, which surely. Uh, no, I'm not giving much. I'm not giving much time on the rest of this ooh. card because there's not much to say. I'm not okay. First of all. Let me just let me just make this quite frank. The the card TLC was not as bad as I once thought it was going to be. I thought that it was going to be absolutely horrible, horrible like WWE yeah. Fastlane horrible. Oh no! But there were some there were some good matches, and there were some over exaggerated feuds that was on this card, which is not really. Um, a good thing for me, at least, or or giving much intrigue as a fan. So, um, but nonetheless, it just wasn't an overall super super bad card like I thought it was gonna be. But the Miz, the Miz and Dolph Ziggler was was a good match. Um, as Dolph Ziggler and the Miz are have and always have been good near ladders. Um, let's not let's not spend too much time on this, but um, the Miz is. One of the best things going right now on SmackDown and Dolph Ziggler um, will always be a, a, a ring general, sort of say, in all his matches, which is technically a good recipe for a good match. Because, But this feud has been going on a little bit too long for me, and I don't have much faith in the face, which in, in theory, you know, you want your, you want your fans to be behind your face. But now there's not even much steam behind him at all. Um, I'm done with this feud, and I hope they are. And The Miz, um, um, maybe Dean Ambrose is his next uh, big feud, or maybe it's just a one-time thing. Nonetheless, The Miz will be good. Dolph Ziggler, I don't know what to expect next for him. I hope he does not keep rendezvousing with uh, The Miz, and we can just be done with that. Great match, nonetheless. If you're going to watch this pay-per-view, beyond the um, main event, this is the only match you probably won't really want to see. Um, I think that other than the main event, there isn't really a match worth watching a second time. Um, the Miz and Ziggler went on way too long, um, and it was not longer than the main event. Uh, it went 25 minutes, and the main event went 30. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, after a series of quick matches, we thought this was going to be a quick night, and they went nearly half an hour. Yeah. Uh, as far as the match being something, it was a fine match for this card. This card was lackluster. It was emphatically average. Yeah. Um, it was a flat C. It would pass if you believe that a 69 is passing. Uh, it, it, it was. It had great spots. Um, it had a lot of dynamics. Um, the Miz won clean, I, I want to know, too, without the help of Maurice. And um, for it to be a ladder match, I thought it was as well put together, nonetheless. Yeah, I thought the pacing was interesting. They really built up to the use of the ladder. It wasn't just like, hey, let's set this ladder up and jump off of it 50 times. Um, the ladder, you know, it, it, it was a good ladder match. Now, and people are saying that, oh, yeah, this is 
um, Hardys versus Edge and Christian from WrestleMania 2000? No. Um, it's Razor Ramon versus uh, Shawn Michaels? No. But it, it was a very solid match. The best part of a last of a, of a lackluster pay per view. With that said, uh, much like Bray Wyatt, I am totally over Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Bray Wyatt, love him to death. Think he's uh, certainly a diamond in the rough. Totally underrated. I don't care. Um, there's a difference. There, was no, like, there was no classic here at all. The problem is with SmackDown is that I feel that they have a bubble. There is a bubble around the heavyweight championship, and there's a bubble around the women's championship, and then there's just mice scattering around the outside. There's nothing really relevant going on as far as any of the other uh, facets of the show outside of this bubble. And honestly, AJ Styles and James Ellsworth are the reason why I care about SmackDown care so much in the fact that I watch it whenever it comes to town, ironically, next week. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, James Ellsworth and, and, and AJ Styles, and notice that I'm not saying Dean Ambrose. I don't care. Even with um, James Ellsworth just completely losing his mind, um, which I totally, I, I think they've jumped the shark with him as well, which is unfortunate because... This is a thing that they could have written until your Royal Rumble, but uh, it would be, wow, it's a major misstep in the Ellsworth um, saga. I don't care. He, um, it seems that only one person can fight for the championship at one time. Uh, with the women's match, which is after Corbin versus Kalisto, and honestly, that was a thing. We don't really need to care about that. The championship, yeah. it doesn't seem to matter. Nonetheless, um, I, th I thought that was bad on paper, and I was like, why isn't this a pre-show match, as they it, are usually the pre-show king? But it wasn't that bad. It, it, it was, actually was much better than I thought it was going to be, too. Arguably could put it up there for maybe one of the matches of the night, if you ask me. But um, outside the main event, any damn AJ Styles is golden, and ladders is just like icing on the cake. But it just wasn't a bad match. No more about that match. And 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 as, um, much, as much as I like Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss. Um, no, no, I, I get some time when I think of Bliss. Also, yeah, there's 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 just nothing to talk about there either. <laughs> no, I, I don't right. know. I'm, congratulations to her winning. Um, did you see Bliss on uh, Talking Smack after TLC? Very emotional. Kayfabe broken. Yeah, because so that's. You that's why that's why I hated that match. But you, I mean, come on now. You have to really, really honestly think. She's like, yes, I got a WWE contract. I'm in NXT. I'm not even in the NXT title picture at all. Oh, I get drafted, which is awesome. But I'm drafted uh, near the last person. Uh, there's not much chance for me ever to get a title shot. Oh, look, I'm, I'm beating with Becky Lynch. So actually winning? You know, a lot of people do get their parents to come to matches and they end up losing, but she won. So I could I can see why she can be emotional there, but nonetheless, like as, as a heel, could you imagine Lex Luthor crying to his wife and, ch and child um, that he finally killed Superman? Could could you could you imagine the Shredder breaking down and in, into tears because he killed one of the Ninja Turtles? Nobody watches. Look, nobody. Bad watches guys it. don't cry. 
nobody watched the network, so there was there was not much. Uh, That's the only thing they got going for him. But you can't have the bad guy get on television after the after the match is over, and you have the match of your life. It was a good, and she won, and then she's like, "Oh my God, I gotta thank my mom and my dad, and I want to thank you know." Like, no, no, I agree, I agree. Um, I agree. I was a little bit confused for a minute if she was the healer facing that match because uh, it, Becky surely went kind of hillish in her last couple of interviews. But um, oh, you, you can understand what she was saying because I couldn't. I we have this connection that you don't know about, to be honest. Yeah, it's called a pocket translator. Apparently, I am her pocket translator. Thank you. I bet you are. That's right. Um, dear. I hope the missus hears that. She she. <laughs> she knows. She absolutely knows. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, all tears, and then tried to cut a hillish promo, and I was like, "All right." right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's cut tears about like playing it in, in like her jungle gym at five years old and stuff, and it's a lifelong dream. And then she goes, "But I'm the champ." Yeah, and nobody can beat me. What is um, no, no. Um, yeah, so nothing else to talk about TLC. AJ Styles' injury is not really as severe as they thought it was going to be. He's severe some type of ankle injury, but he seems to be fine. He was in a little boot, but they say he'll be okay. And, um, yeah, that's that. Ellsworth, you, you are correct. I, I feel like they may lose a little bit of momentum with, with his character for a while because of how they're using him. Um, Dean Ambrose also um, came out to give him uh, – I can't even think of his finisher name at this at – this, What's it called? Oh, it's uh, a double arm Betty T. Yeah, 30Ds, you know. yeah. I, I like how he delivered the 30Ds and walked away. I thought that was pretty cool. But other than that, I mean, uh, right now, SmackDown is kind of in the flux. So what's next? And whatever, I guess. Um, the oh, only that's it, though. SmackDown's coming to town next week. It's a four-hour-long show. We in there. We in there. Okay. I mean, I'm getting my okay. tickets tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we're in there. No, no, no big deal. Well, it's in our hometown, and let's just see what it does. Okay, um, I'm not going to talk about the tour five live because we don't have. Um, we're not going to spend too much more time. Uh, we don't have That's that much on. time. That that is on in the second week. Not going. I'm not going to talk too much about it. No, I'm not going to talk about it at all right now. We'll talk about it on another show. Um, I really want problem. Not a problem. I just want to give it a legitimate time to for things to manifest okay there are there are character developments happening there are feuds um being built and right now it's 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 going up it's going towards the direction it needs to go but too soon to be sitting here nitpicking about two hours worth of a of a of material you know what i mean so i'm gonna give it time yeah um so okay we'll, we'll be there for it next week yeah yeah that's right. I forgot. You got some out there. You get to a five live. Okay. And tribute um, to the troops. Um, let's let's just go over a couple of things real quick. That that's hit the um, rumor sheets, the dirt sheets, and um, all things that's about wrestling that's not inside the square circle that we've kind of heard over the last few days. Oh, you want you want to um, go with a couple, or you want me to start? Yeah, no, no. You, you start with something. Okay. So, um, John Cena in a couple of days will be hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, good for him. Good for him. Oh, we talked about that. Him. We talked about that on our last show. Um, um, Dave Chappelle definitely set a high standard for him, for anyone to follow. 
I think that, that if you if you're looking at Dave Chappelle and John Cena in the same sentence, you are in a very small company. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying with the expectations of what Dave Chappelle has put on the show, I think considering um, shows after that and so stars hosting after that, this 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 is there's a benchmark being put. Nonetheless, John Cena in his comedic career has the potential to captivate a group of people that may not be familiar with him, that maybe never seen him wrestle, never seen him in a movie, and and actually give um, quite a people surprise. I thought it was pretty. I thought he was pretty good hosting the ESPYS for ESPN, and I think that was a, a big. What's the ESPYS? What's the ESPYS? Their, their their awards. Oh God, you kidding me? And, and I thought that turned a lot of eyes open towards him. So I think now he has another platform to do the same. So under no circumstances, I think he's not going to be great because he will be. I'm just thinking for the people who has no idea what this jacked up bodybuilder wrestler guy can do are going to be surprised seeing him. And I don't think the traditional comedian, uh, comedians, comedian fans, such as the, the uh, Dave Chappelle likers of the world, who maybe have just turned back into Saturday Night Live ever since then, there's not much of a fall off you're going to get coming from John Cena. I think it's going to be great. Okay. So I looked at, I looked at the ratings right now for Saturday Night Live. My favorite episode of Saturday Night Live was with Tom Hanks hosting it. Okay. Um, that, that got a 6.1 rating. Um, okay. um, Dave Chappelle got a 6.2 rating. The weekend after that was Kristen Wiig, who used to be on the show. That got a 4.7. Nobody okay. watched that show. Right. Emma Stone right. got a 4.4. And I love Emma Stone. Nope. But less people watch that. Do you think that John Cena's appearance uh, Saturday Night Live or lower than the previous week of Emma Stone, who is a competent actress? Higher. 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 You know, there's a just higher with no reason. Just this a good feeling. I'm not even gonna try to even explain that one. Just higher with good reason. Oh, good feeling. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, how long until you think Roman Reigns hosts that in their life? Never. We won't be alive. Wow. We won't be alive. Wow. <laughs> Either asteroid in the the, the stone the, the dinosaur age comes back alive somehow, and or maybe twenty twelve the movie actually really happens before. Yeah. Or uh, I don't know. Just never. <laughs> never. Okay. Um. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Moving on to <laughs> something else. Uh, we, already, we talked about uh, SmackDown being a four-hour-long show. Um, uh, the show actually starts at six o'clock for us locally. Um, and I'm if we're, because tribute to the troops, which will come on Wednesday. Uh, then you're going to have uh, SmackDown, and then after that, 205 Live. Do you think 205 Live being on at 10 o'clock Eastern after a three-hour-long show? Will help. Uh, yeah, how long do you think they, they ride that wave until they move it to before SmackDown? Just as and much just air time, it later. Just as much time as people need to give it time um, to see the, the magic created from the CWC. So, in, in other words, I think a good, legitimate two months until they have to reevaluate um, the booking for 205 live tapings. So, well, I don't think it's necessarily the booking. Now, granted, I haven't watched it. I think it's specifically. The placement of 205 Live within the SmackDown show. Okay, yeah, I uh, as we've seen last week, half the crowd left after I SmackDown was over. 
Yeah, I misspoke. Not the booking on the show, nonetheless, but sort of say the 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 booking of its time. The placement. The placement. Right, the placement. Yes. Yeah, so um, nothing to worry about. Give it some time, folks. Next. Do you think that um, do you think that 205 Live will uh, retain, uh, ever grow in an audience? Or do you think that there's still too much of a division between the mainstream WWE audience and uh, their their unwillingness, rather, to accept other forms of wrestling? Um, yeah. And how do you think that that, um, that mainstream audience will react to a women's tournament? Um, um, yes. Um, to the first thing, there, there has been a growth in and um, in there has been a growth in the likeness of the different style of wrestling as well as different wrestlers. Jack Gallagher is the prime example. Um, this is his second week on the show. Also, he was on Raw, and he got he got a good reaction on all three. So, uh, with him being in his style, um, and him being a distant cousin to the Vault Villains, um. For him to, to for him to get cheers and, and the reaction he got, I think they're okay on that note. Um, again, give it some time. Um, what was the other question? Uh, do you think? How do you think that because uh, you know they do have a different audience? How do you think that uh, that mainstream audience will react to a women's tournament? Absolutely, will love it because people are pro women wrestling and people. And and one, it will be at full sale from what the rumors are saying. Uh, they w- they will be able to read uh, duplicate the CWC magic, and they should be just fine with it. So I, I think there's absolutely nothing to worry about. A question thrown back to you beyond the room beyond the people that's already oh. been rumored for it. Uh, just give me two people right now that you expect to see. Um, I expect to see Veda Scott. Um, not because I'm a super huge fan, but she did ask it, for a release sense. from Ring of Honor. It all makes sense. Uh, it's the time it makes sense. Um, I expect to see Ariel Monroe. Ah, you, you. Uh, ah, I see somebody's following, stalking my timeline there, eh? No, not at all. Um, I expect to see Ariel Monroe because she's obviously she's worked in WWE before, uh, being getting squashed by Nia Jax. Um, people may or may not know that they have actually she's actually engaged. To Cedric Alexander, and um, you know that is certainly a, a thing. Um, and considering uh, Cedric's stance within the company, we can only assume that it's favorable. Considering that Triple H gave him the rub, nobody he didn't do that with anybody else. So it would be cool to see you know Cedric and and uh, Miss Monroe go go and do her thing. And she's a you know talented wrestler also. But they brought in a lot of people from everywhere. You know Mary Dobson is there. Um, Nikki Glencross is there. I would love to see Rachel out, Rachel Ellerling there. That would be very interesting to see if she goes by a different name. But but, but she but she's already doing NXT tapings, so why not? But she's not signed to the NXT though. Doesn't matter. That's the whole thing that happened with Johnny Gargano and um Tommaso Ciampa. They weren't signed at the time. When they right, neither was Bobby Roode when we saw him at, at Takeover Dallas. Yeah, but, but I mean, just because we saw him doesn't mean that they have to be there. Right, but at the Dusty Road Classic, they weren't signed currently then, and they and they were there. So right. it they weren't signed way after. Yeah, and and um and um the Mighty Donnell also wasn't signed originally on their first taping. So uh, what I'm saying is, it's a good chance of you seeing them that they should be on the next you know relevant tournament feud or whatever it may be. So um, right. I would I would I wouldn't 
be so far out to say I hope she's there more or less like she 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 better be there you know now personally um, a dark horse that I want to see I I would definitely want to see Lufisto in the um in the, in the women's tournament um uh Su Yun uh should be in the women's tournament I would like to see more Japanese women um come over uh, it would be interesting to see maybe like a Lundra Blaze or Medusa if you want to call it that come back um, oh, you, know, maybe, you know what? Nobody's ever thought about that, about people know, that... Right, because Mickey James definitely came back for Victoria. one show. You know, but Victoria's out there. Um, you know, uh, Trish Stratus is still... She could come back for a one-time deal. Yeah. You know, it's a single... It could be a single elimination tournament. So, you know, that's a... Um, that would be interesting to see some old favorites and some new ones. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. And, and if, if Bull Nakano comes to the WWE Women's Tournament, I'm flying to Florida immediately. I got, I, you know, I got some other things I want to talk about too. Let's let's finish it and then um, cover more of the topics real quick before I forget yep. what else I wanted to say. Go ahead. Are you next? Okay. Um, next? okay. Uh, last, last thing that I got is uh, Jerry Lawler and Lita are done with their on-screen roles in WWE. Uh, they were doing the pre-show for Raw. That's not the case anymore. Um, Personally, do we care? I say no. Um, I think that it is good that WWE is getting younger in their commentary team. Um, however, you know they can still do it. Well, Lita actually was terrible on the uh, on the on the commentary commentary and on the pre-show. I think Lawler uh, has his gimmick, and his gimmick's a little played, where he has these old dad jokes that he has to shoehorn in there. So. Uh they definitely do not contribute to the topic, sort of say, in a beneficial way. Um, Ali, I blame Lita especially and Booker T some to the mis the misguiding information about how the draft was going to be handled, as far as saying oh there's going to be trades and all this other good stuff. So in other words, I feel like that's just um, two people who were not prepared at the moment and thought they could wing it. And that right there can go a long way on some people, for, for some people. I mean, yes, it's, it is quite, quite small and kind of petty to nitpick, but nonetheless, um, there's been instances as well, I'm um, going down the line on pre-shows is where, is when she, uh, both of them, cannot legitimately contribute to um, the questions at hand as to why do you pick a certain person? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I just got a feeling. That's not going to work for me. You know, there's, there's people on Twitter that got better reasons why they, they're picking one person on the pre-show. Nonetheless, the pre-show is not even taped live. So you have time to prepare. And this is no yeah. excuse. Um, the, only, the only negative aspect I have about this is that, like with, uh, like with ESPN, I am a fan of um, past talent of whatever – uh, and athletes of whatever, you know, their respective sports to come back to be analysts for that sport. Yet, nine times out of ten when those people come back, they are fully aware, educated, prepared, and, and uh, um, contributors to the topic in a manner of bringing their experience from when they did it and adding it to what's happening currently now. You're not getting that from Jerry Lawler. Quite frankly, right. if you didn't know any better, you didn't even know Jerry Lawler was a wrestler. Because he right. just never really talks about it and brings that aspect. You are 
absolutely right about his old pop jokes and they don't sit well on the new era. That right. automatically makes him obsolete and leader must be delete. Delete. Yes. So, oh, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, we, did, we didn't even bring up Mac Hardy on all the way, but it did, oh, we did, we did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. All right, all right. Delete. Yeah. yeah, but I would say uh, about the women's tournament, real quick. Do you think that we see a uh, a return for um, Karma? The that Nia Jax one point I think there's a lot of phantom intrigue, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with her. I mean, last time I checked, she had a, she was having a baby, and yeah, that's that's kind of amazing how that worked out. Yeah, King Kong is also coming to theaters next year. So, what? Okay, her name's also Kong. Okay, that all fun intended. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh. All right, all right, all right. The so, documentary, King Kong. Yes. Okay, so um, next year, right now, from, from just a far out, um, far view, where are you trying to go next year as far as shows or, you know, something that we didn't get to, I'm saying we, because if you're going, I'm going. Um, something that we didn't get to accomplish this year that um, we have to put on our things to do list. And I'm going to start by saying that there is no way in the world that I do not make um, the Battle of Los Angeles next year. Um, yeah, well, it's a three. It's like a three or four day thing. Um, we do. We, yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess the the biggest thing is uh, where to go. I I don't care about WrestleMania. Um, I don't like Orlando. I wouldn't go to that. No. Um, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Since they're already doing traveling package, yeah or nay? Just right now. Where's where's Survivor Survivor Series in Houston? Yes. No. Right now, no. Is there any any, two months from now, two two or three months from now, still now? I could I couldn't imagine going to Survivor Series. Okay, keep keep going. Um, The reason why is because. WWE's product doesn't interest me anymore. Um, WrestleMania, it doesn't interest me. I only went to Survivor Series this year was because I was in town for TakeOver. That's why I was there. Now, as far as personally, what I want to see, um, I want to go to more Ring of Honor pay-per-views, uh, maybe out there in Vegas, or, uh, your anniversary show. Um, I would like to go to uh, Battle of Los Angeles. That would be kind of cool. Um, I, I need to get back to Smash Wrestling up in Toronto. The uh, Canusa Classic, which is a women's tournament that features Canadian versus American wrestlers. Right. Um, I want to go to like a Shimmer uh, taping in Chicago. And I need to get to a CZW show um, up there in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. That would be. I, I need to go to a House of Hardcore show and um, wherever you know wherever they have it. Tommy Dreamer's promotion. Uh, Wrestle Circus in Austin, in Austin, Texas. Um, that would be uh, that would be kind of cool. I hear nothing but good things about that. So, as far as the event goes, I'm not here for the event. I'm here for the wrestling. Right. That's why I flew to Toronto because I wanted to see Gargano and Ciampa versus the greatest tag team in WWE right now. Right. And that's why I went. 
Um, I want to see Rude versus Dillinger. That's why I went. So if you can tell me, if you can give me a match that of interest, you know, Kurt Angle versus Chad Gable in England, I'm there. But I can't say that I'm I'm even even Brooklyn next year for um, SummerSlam. I, I will probably do the same thing that we did last year. No, um, that's, no, we're, we're definitely prepared for that. No, yeah, we 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 ride the um, indie show in town. Um, you know, whatever we get with that, um, and we, right. we go see Takeover for sure. And you know, we get we get cheap SummerSlam tickets if they're available. Maybe. Yeah, and if, if it's worth it. If it's right. worth it, and if it's the bang for your buck, look again. If it's like twenty five dollars for the nosebleed, right. is maybe one or two matches. Yeah. Or it's fine. You know, no big deal. You know, it's not going hard. Yeah, but like, but even still, with um, with the uh, Survivor Series next year, the rumor is is that no, I'm sorry, uh, for the Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Raw is not going to be in San Antonio. It's going to be in like Houston or something like that afterwards. Yeah, yeah I saw that. And, and and again, like, I'm really not even hyped about after uh, pay per view um, Raw SmackDowns anymore. Well, that's that's that, part of the problem is that the that, Raw after WrestleMania is usually better than WrestleMania. Yeah, that wave is gone for me. I, I haven't been too thrilled about the, the Raw afterwards since, so I'm not, there's, there's no intrigue. But again, right. um, I definitely want to get down for a full sale taping, especially if the Women's Classic is going to be... Um, That's the thing. The, if the Women's Classic is going to be a thing, if they bring back the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, 2017, I'm there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm there. Maybe not Maybe not for a uh, the finals, you know, but I'm definitely there, and because that, you know, it has to happen. Uh, Women's Classic, I'm there. So yeah. if they got back to back days when they're taping, like yeah. they did this year for the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm there for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you named a lot of stuff too. I don't want to duplicate anything. Um, there's something else that you didn't. Um, I to say PWG. Um, And the, we also can't, we can't also can't forget that um, your Nova Pro has their show starting up between February and December. That's a plug. So February, that's November. A, that's a plug because that's a given. <laughs> that's a given. So that's a plug. <laughs> oh, <damn>. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, it depends on who's going where, and you know, if we can, if we have a chance to see, um, you know, something awesome happen, then yeah, I'd, I'd be there for that. Yeah. Um. Any chance that we see TNA next year? You mean like existing? Next question. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, anything else before I get to the last little discussion of the night? Um, no. I think, I think we can go ahead with it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a category. You give me one back, and this is quick, hot fire. Um, okay. Pick. Discuss why. Um, um, to save some integrity for our end of the year show, won't go so much into um, details. But I want to ask you for what we quickly talked about before we got on air. Um, I have AJ Styles as my wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Either why don't you agree with that, or who do you have as your wrestler of the year? If one avenue, like uh, I'll, my, you, know, you need to go all the way to the left, all the way to the right. No, no. I mean, my my wrestler of the year, as far as like the in ring work, storytelling, what they do, in, once the interests stop and they get once that bell rings, they go to work. Oh, wait, wait, I put it. I'm that's what I consider my wrestler of the year. 
Yeah, but you've seen all the categories, okay? So wrestler is all around, um, without a doubt, one person. Like, just one person. Well, see, that's the thing, because, like, Chris Jericho has been a person of note all year. Yeah, but you want... Chris Jericho has been doing a great match. So, as... Like my specifically, my wrestler of the year mm-hmm. is Scott Dawson. It's it's who? Scott Dawson. Okay. Why just Scott Dawson? Because the revival are, are more than one wrestler. Right, right. But just why him? Because uh what's the face got hurt? No, I think specifically uh he's been is he's been singularly instrumental in a lot of the more memorable uh stuff, um matches in um in NXT. And when I think of like the some of the better overall pay per views, again, the wrestler I would say that is you know uh, the gimmick, the um, the showman of the year, maybe Bobby Roode, or it may be James Ellsworth. But James Ellsworth is not the wrestler of the year. He's involved in the feud of the year or something like that, something therein. James Ellsworth has a wrestle. Bobby Roode wrestled like two matches. So as good as he is in that whole gimmick, um, you know, I can't say that he's the wrestler of the year. So, but Scott Dawson has done exactly what I think a wrestler should do. And, and when I say him, I also mean the revival as well. They've come in, their gimmick isn't flashy, no flips, just fists. They win, they go home. That's what it's about. I don't, I don't need the Stuart Scott, uh, you know, play by play with all the pizzazz and all that crap. Just go wrestle, go to work, and that's what they do every single time. Next year, do do you um, believe that you get the same recipe next year for them? Everywhere they've gone since they've become like an actual cohesive unit, they've just put out four or five star matches. So my only my only fear is that they go to the main roster, and they will. Which they're they will. They're asking for it, but you know when you go to the main roster. You also get the bedazzle that comes with it. You get merch. You have to sell your merch. So you have to do, you know, merch selling things. You have to do segments in the ring for this amount of time. Yeah. No, I agree with all that, 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 you know, it's not just like, hey, we're going to wrestle. And and that's what WCW did. They would put Glacier in the ring versus Juventud Guerrero (laughs) in like a, you know, icicle on the pole match. And that would go on for 45 minutes. So I understand that you have to do other things to keep the audience engaged or the, and to keep them relevant. And considering that commentary is trash, the wrestlers really got to do it all themselves. Okay. Because a good commentary team would elevate a, a wrestling storyline. That's what they're supposed to do. There's, a, there's an issue but, there. Um, but well, that's a different problem. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, Scott Dawson, wrestler of the year. Okay. So, so um, your turn. You either give me one you want me to go over or you want me to give you another one. Overall, what's the best paper live television event of the year? Overall, that yes, flat out, um, flat out. I have, I know my answer by my head, but I just want to make sure. Um, NXT Takeover Dallas. Overall, best show of the year. Um, the reason being is that I. Overall, that card may have had nothing but nothing lower than the four star match. Um. And the build-up for um, the Nakamura-Samoa Joe match. I'm sorry, NST Dallas. Nakamura-Sami Zayn. That wasn't the last match. Yeah. That was his debut. 
The building, the quality of that match was insane, bananas, nuts, all the all all of it. The um and uh, you had Apollo um, Cruz in that on that on that card, and you had Baron versus Baron Corbin Bar- versus Baron Corbin, yeah. This, uh, two potatoes, uh, you're going against each other, and you know what? The card was still pretty awesome. It wasn't a bad match either. That's the thing. Right, right. Um, because of that match, I can't agree with you. Okay. Because it's not perfect if it has Baron Corbin on it. Yeah, but I, if you're going to say Brooklyn, then you're not going to say Austin Aries versus um, No Way Jose was a better match. Oh, no, 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 no. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 10. Only reason why I did not go with Wrestle Kingdom is because of how long it was. And and, and I did go back and rewatch about 75% of it again. And the first match of it was not good. The six, eight. The, um, what? Oh, the um. No, the first match was like the um Bucks, right? No. Um, it was no. um. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. yeah. There, there was a pre-show match on that on the um. On the, counts the pre-show match. You're going to count the pre-show match, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to count that, and it wasn't good. So nonetheless, NST TakeOver Dallas was good because it just had the perfect dynamics of what a card should be along with nothing less than a four-star four matches on it. And that's just my quick synopsis of it right now. Right. So uh, I, I agree with that. I just think that Wrestle Kingdom did it better and longer. I'm going to give you one of my one of our original BGB group um, categories, okay? I'll explain to you what it is and you can think about okay. it for a second, okay? We have the um, what we call um, the Catfish of the Year Award. And this is basically someone who did not show up this year who you wish had a better year. The Catfish of the Year Award. If I had to give it to anyone, um, Unfortunately, I would have to give it to Sami Zayn. Okay, you have to elaborate on that. So, Sami Zayn uh, was in arguably top five match of the year from WWE. Um, certainly top five match of the year from NXT with uh, Nakamura's debut. Then he came on like a couple nights later at WrestleMania had arguably the one of the better matches of, the, um, uh, of WrestleMania. Um, and his feud with Kevin Owens... And then he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, for whatever reason, he just seems to want to yell at McFoley forever. Um, for whatever reason, he's um, you know taking on Braun Strowman, <laughs> which could be a great wrestling match. But I mean, this guy had championship aspirations, and he's not even getting a shot at a mid card title. So, you know, we with Bray Wyatt, we've come to expect that of him, that he's good, but for whatever reason, he's being held back. Sami Zayn seems like they talk about the brass ring. He seemed like he had it and then lost it and hasn't yeah. been able to find it again. So the, the on, on paper, the move from NXT to the main roster is supposed to be an elevation. I don't see where that elevation is. I can get with that. All right. Give me another one. We'll do about okay. two more. Okay. Um, I, I would say 
which is um, more disappointing, um, the current state of the women's division or the current state of the cruiserweight division? Or you can take it the opposite way and say, who's doing better? I have to say the current state of the women's division, because at this point, since you're on the main roster, you should automatically be established. Yet Raw forgets how many um, women they're actually having a roster. And um, SmackDown is doing a good job with their women's division. But in the entire whole, um, the women's division deserves better. Um, I get it that Raw is trying to go for any record-breaking type of match or stipulation, but yet you're you're reusing your same two uh, stars instead of um, the very much more talented um, rest of the roster. Uh, Alicia Fox it was a women's champion, a Divas champion at the time. A women's champion, I'm sorry. Oh, Divas. Divas champion? Divas, okay, yeah. Okay. Put some respect on her name. I'm just going to keep saying that because she's not getting any love right now. Shout out to Naomi, Ashley on Twitter, um, uh, bossing up at E and the WWE for not putting her on the uh, Total Divas um, promo uh, picture. <laughs> she was like, right. like she's like she belongs on it. And somebody commented under the under the picture talking about you're on there already, and they was talking about Alicia Fox. I was like, no, 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 no. But um, this is the current state of the women's division. That's not with a lot of thought. Um, I'm sure I can. I'm I'm sure that can be tipped each way. But the cruiserweights, as far as some people know, these are new people out of the world that's never had a chance wrestling ever. You know, right. Right. um, unfortunately. Uh, Rich Swan has been wrestling for a long time, but uh, up All until up until last week, did they finally acknowledge that he was not just somebody from the streets of Baltimore? <laughs> but they said yeah, he's I mean, been wrestling all over the world. I go up to Baltimore often, and you know when I'm hanging out on North Avenue, um, I just see a lot of guys just wrestling in the middle of the street because that's exactly what they do up there. Yeah, they just you know hitting moonsaults off of parked cars. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm gonna throw one back at you. With that being said, then who do you consider your best cruiserweight slash high flyer? Um, and I'm, I'm the reason I'm giving that is because, um, of the what uh categorize somebody to be a cruiserweight is being 205. Yet, some of these people in any scenes you quite don't really know what their weight is. So, um, we're gonna give high flyer to kind of demigrate. Um, who, who are we talking about here? So, cruiserweight slash high flyer, who you give? I think that the idea of a cruiserweight being exclusively a high flyer is a bit of uh, is a bit I'm, misleading. I'm not Michael Cole, sir, at all. Um, I'm just I'm just saying the no, way how they the way how they book them, the way how they book them is that you're either two you're either under two hundred five or you're a luchador. We all know that's not true, but when I'm just just so you can get the the realm of who we're talking about, we're talking about people who aren't big bruisers, heavyweights, but who actually flies kind of a small frame. Maybe under 205, maybe a little bit over 205. I'm sure ACH is probably over 205, but you know, you probably consider him a high flyer, so to say. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I understand the uh, the connection between the idea of being a high flyer and, and stuff like that. But Dean Malenko was not a high flyer, certainly a cruiserweight. Absolutely. Um, it- so, so with that said, my uh, favorite cruiserweight. Uh, Ricochet. 
I knew he's going in. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I could go real Osprey. I could go, um, you know, um, uh, Christ, what's this? Zach Saber Jr. Um, it's not an easy answer. It took some time. No, so. it's not. It's not. A, it's not an easy answer. But I'm gonna go Ricochet. Okay. I didn't. I don't. I didn't. I, I didn't expect for you to have one person to be like just that person. I believe I had. I had I changed my answer about three times just to put yeah. one person. Uh, yeah, person. I mean, if I have to pick a person, my person that's the sick. person I gotta pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I gotta, you know, I could easily go back and forth and back and forth with who it should be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your turn. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess this will be my uh, last one. Um. WWE is. Uh, do Do you think that W that this do you think that the with the new era in WWE will be different than the old era that we came out of? Now, granted, they called it new, so obviously it is. What I mean by that is do you think that we'll actually see a change in the way the business is presented? Uh versus just elevating the same three or four top guys uh that's a trick question because you have verbally expressed how we have not moved to the new era yet so <laughs> i think the question really is more or less is that are you satisfied for any of the progression towards the new era as of now well i think i, I agree with you know yeah i've definitely said that before well i, I don't think we're officially turning the corner into a new era i yeah. do think that we hinted at it um by seeing a women's hell in a cell match a women's tournament, a cruiserweights on Raw. We haven't heard that word in twenty years, you know. But then yeah. again, I do think that we have the same nepotism that kind of plagues the uh, the top tier booking, and that Roman Reigns will highlight a headline another pay per view. Yeah, so we're back. We're back for to no reason. One. We're about to we're about to square one in January of last year. To be honest, it's it's called a callback. That's what we you know, yeah. that's what we do. But that's but that's kind of the point. I'm not saying that we need to see. You know, um, you know Cedric Alexander versus you know somebody else for um, J- Jimmy Uso for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. But um, well, actually, okay, let's speak on that note. The cruiserweights will ever be fully integrated into the WWE roster. Um, there's a good chance. I just don't know when. Um, they're still bleeding a lot of purple right now. So much purple. Yeah. So I just there's no telling when. It needs to be, but just no telling when. Yeah. So it, it has to start with one person. Who that one person is should be Cedric Alexander. Or Tony Nice. The per the people that was barely at the tour. I think that one man. person. That one person is Adrian Neville. No, he definitely should be the converting factor right now because he has right? he what is he doing right now? I think he works at Taco Bell on the, on the side. I don't know. I don't know, but sooner or later he's going to be partying with Apollo Cruz, and that's not a good party. He'll be so happy to be here. That's not a good party. Um, yeah. Um, one more round. I had one more question. Which one was I looking at? Um, I don't want to ask you that one. I kind of know where you're going to go out with that. I think I know where you're going to go out with that don't. one. <laughs> uh, some of these are some of these are 
screaming certain people, especially, you know, it, what makes it funny is that once we had this discussion now, certain names are flying around. So I could just say something. And I just know you're going to say Apollo Cruz, but I'm not going to even no, No more Apollo Cruz mentioned tonight. No, right, we go ahead. Um, that, but you've taken it. Now I can't say Apollo Cruz out of spite. So yeah, right. Okay. I got, I got one that we haven't really mentioned about. This one takes a little bit of thinking too. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to wonder, um, if something comes to mind, if not, I'll just give you another question. Um, considering the entire year's worth of wrestling, what absolutely was your botch of the year? Ooh. So you know well, which one I mean, was the, last the easy, year. The easy answer would be um, Charlotte just saying, screw it. I'm not going to uh, carry Sasha Banks anymore. Oh, That's yeah. I forgot answer. about, oh, I forgot about oh, Hell in the Cell, right? Yeah, no, at uh, WrestleMania. Oh, it was Russell? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ooh, what did she yeah. do? She did something in Hell in the Cell she, too. They, she was trying to put her on. Well, and in, in, in Hell in the Cell, um, she was trying to do like the double knees in the corner. She couldn't put her up there, and that was just didn't work out too well. Um, and but at WrestleMania, um, she she tried to put Charlotte tried to carry her up the ropes, and then just dropped her and said, oh, "I'm not." That's, nope. that's right. That's right. You know, I have to give um, my answer for this one because I, every time I look at it, I just laugh. But do you remember in the Money in the Bank, there was a four-way tag match uh, with the club, the New Day, Enzo and Cass, and who else? I want to say the Ascension, but I know that's not. Oh, no, the VOD villains. Mm-hmm. And do you remember at one point where um, um, Big E had Anderson? Over his shoulders, and Gallows was within arm's reach of him, and, and then, but, but Gallows like waited like five years in order to um, <laughs> deliver the big boot. Like he's literally standing there going, Any, "Okay, anytime now." Oh, okay, I can go. Yeah, words I cannot say. I will not. My say. official, my official answer of, of the biggest botch of the year yeah. is Finn Balor. Finn Balor cutting some more Joe, um, which led to a takeover Dallas. All right. I forgot about that. It was an errant headbutt that was not supposed to happen. And the, the cut was so real that they stopped the match. Restarted. That's right. Which which annoyed the crowd. It annoyed the people at home. Yep. It annoyed everyone. That's right. So I would say the biggest botch doesn't necessarily mean that it's the um, it's the sloppiest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it certainly was a mistake in the same way that uh, Seth Rollins broke John Cena's nose. Yeah, yeah, that also. Um, before before you give too much, and this will be my last absolute one for the night. Um, with that being said, then if you can kind of dif- uh, differentiate a little bit from your last answer, uh, what do you consider as your most unfortunate circumstance of the year? in the wrestling community. Um, I, will, most... I, will, I will say this, that my answer um, was not, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Okay. But this thing, the, this, the thing most... this thing all, this thing like really wide. I think when you say most yeah. unfortunate, you know. Um, yeah. Um, the most unfortunate circumstance um, is, well, Okay. The easy answer would, would be that Roman Reigns is headlining Roblox in two weeks. <laughs> That's the easy answer. I'm not okay. going to give you that one. Okay. Um, 
my actual answer, the most unfortunate thing is Dixie Carter is the Donald Trump of wrestling. Take it however you want it. Dixie Carter is um, definitely listed as somebody's answer. Mm -hmm. So So Dixie Carter is full on heel. And I'm and I think that the way that she handles business, there not, is a ruthlessness that has come out. It's there not good is business. a um, uh, uh, not necessarily a, a malicious intent. Mm-hmm. However, she's going to win, and if she has to slit the throat of every man, whatever the child in front of her, she's going to the finish line. Yeah, one would argue that's what it takes to be a top tier businessman, but she's not even top tier. Yeah. Because she's fighting Ring of Honor for table scraps for second. <laughs> so, and and all in all, throughout all of Dixie's troubles, through all of Dixie's, you know, legal battles and all that good stuff, the fact that she's, like, borrowing money from her parents to pay for Impact and, and stuff like that, they're mm-hmm. operating out of, a, like, a carryout in Nashville. You mm-hmm. know, Jeff Jarrett, like, let them use their bus and stuff like that. After all of that, Matt Hardy is the best thing going for them far and away. None of their stuff mattered. Nothing else mattered. EC3 didn't matter. Uh, you know, Maria of the Kingdom, none of that. The Damian Sandow coming, none of it. Cody Rose coming, none of it. Yeah. All of it came down to Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yep. That's that is that is the damnedest thing. That's funny how that works out. Yep. But um but Dixie Carter, let me don't, don't let us sleep on that. Uh Billy Corgan, sure, he chased bad money, good money with bad money. You never want to do that. And that's his fault. Yeah. Um, as a businessman, he had he knows that's but then again, the way she handled that situation, it's kind of cold blooded. Yeah. I agree. Like I said, that's worse is some, than Roman Reigns hosting our highlighting our payback. You know, when I think about Roman Reigns, um, I think that the most my most unfortunate circumstance, which is not my answer by any means, is that I lost my voice booing him so much. That I'm pretty mad that I didn't boo him more enough. So I'm pretty mad that I didn't have a long enough yeah. voice train to boo him that entire match. And yeah, I've been doing like diaphragm exercises to boo him harder. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared. He's he's gonna get it the next time I see him. Royal Rumble, it's over. It's over. Um I will say a, a, a close second though, as far as the worst thing in Minneapolis, Curtis Axel, um they uh took sp- Allegedly, and I wasn't there. Oh, they take, took signs. signs. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That that because yeah. Axel was supposed to be the heel, so they were confiscating signs in the audience, and many people on Twitter, uh, you know, came out and said the same thing that they had their pro Curtis Axel sign taken. Yep. In Minneapolis, and Axel couldn't get a pop in his hometown for whatever reason. He got in trouble for that. That's yep. unfortunate. Yep. Uh, where's that guy now? Anywho, um, so yeah, still in Minneapolis. Um, I do want to say this before I end up the show is that um, we got some scheduling conflict amongst the team during the week. So um, I will be manning the Wednesday episode. Um, I expect to have a host of other podcasts and and or friends and other wrestling fans from Twitter um, to occupy the void. So I'm not sitting here talking to myself because I like talking to other people. Sure, I could do a show by myself for about 30 minutes to an hour, but I mean, that's that's kind of like, I don't know. It's like that uh, person who goes out to eat into the movies by themselves all the time and oh. and sits around and tries to talk to everybody there. 
Now, granted, going oh, to I, movies, I definitely don't do that. Yeah, going to the movies is definitely fine by yourself. But then it's that one person who looks to go by himself to have a social outlet. Awkwardly weird. Not I. Yeah. So I have friends in the wrestling community. They will be here. Um, uh, Jamal is not no longer just a friend of the show. He is like the brother into the show. So th- he doesn't count Aww. as a guest. Oh, yeah. Well, soak those tears up. Um, but um, as far as for the rest of the team, um, the weekend episode may be a thing a little bit more. So I expect to see a little bit more action on the weekends as well. I think we're looking about two weeks now for the end of the year episode where um, the five of us will get together and go over this long little sophisticated sheet of all our answers as far as like who we consider as our rest of the year, worst, um, best gimmicks, worst gimmicks, um, our John Cena monster foul victim of the year. Um, NXT Superstar of the Year, Woman of the Year, all sorts of stuff like that. We'll keep it fun, sure, and it should be a good show. But um, for like I said, for the meantime, you'll see me on your Wednesday episodes as, as well as um, um, guests of guests of the show, friends of friends of Twitter, um, other hosts of other shows, and just a lot of other things I got up my sleeve waiting to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, next year's gonna be a good year for us, nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> I don't plan on going to shows, especially indie shows, and just sitting in the crowd. So I was planning on the network a little we bit more. We have to get to Cleveland for a eight IW show. Yeah, no, that's the no. next. The next girls' night out. We have to get to Cleveland. Yeah, no, we're going. Yeah, uh, no one's ever said I need to go to Cleveland. I'm saying it now. LeBron, LeBron said it. LeBron said it. LeBron, LeBron was joking. He was. He took his talent to South Beach. <laughs> He also say he had to go back to Cleveland. You know, a dog never falls far, strands far from home, so he had to go back. Yeah. All right. So, um, anyway, um, two chains here, signing off with the good man Jamal the Giant Crab. Um, yep. So we'll catch you guys next week, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Follow us on all our platforms: Twitter, BGB Group. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, and SoundCloud, all the big Go Butt Wrestling podcasts. And we'll see y'all next week. Yep.